This podcast is brought to you by Kingdom at Work. If you're a business owner or executive level leader looking to advance God's kingdom at work, sign up for one of their 2019 workshops at www.kingdomatwork.com slash events. Kingdomatwork.com slash events. Hey, thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him this afternoon as we broadcast to you from Rancho Mirage, California. This broadcast, of course, made possible because of a collaboration between FCCI and Convene. Check them out online, FCCI.org and ConveneNow.com. We're on location at the 2018 International Summit, a gathering of Christ followers who desire to live out their faith in their work while pursuing excellence. Today on the first half of the show, we've got Marion and Susie Nerona. These guys are living in New Hampshire. They're our furth- furthest northeast interview we've done so far, Woo-hoo! and we're so grateful, Marion, to have you on the air. And I know Susie will be joining us in a minute, but thank you, Marion, for being on I Work For Him today. Thank you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? How did you come to be a follower of Jesus? Well, I grew up in a very, very Catholic family in Bombay, India. And uh, I grew up in a Catholic school, in, you know, in a boarding school at the top of a mountain, 4,000 feet high. And then I was in, in uh, a Catholic college in Bombay for a couple of years. But during that time, towards the end, certainly my uh, years in, in college in Bombay, I got, uh, I got dissatisfied with what I saw. And... Uh, I was looking for authenticity. I did not see it. I made up my own theories about who God was. No Mm -hmm. one challenged me. And I was walking further and further away from the door, and eventually I stepped outside it and came to the conclusion eventually that I was the smartest person in the world to have figured out that Jesus did not exist. Mm -hmm. And then I also realized very soon that I was the most miserable person in the world. And I started to notice that the people with, who were sitting down on park benches with, and playing with beads seemed to be happy. They were stupid, but they were happy. And so I eventually decided it was time for me to play along because I was a miserable person. Mm. Uh, and that, that, that pact, that truce, probably lasted three years uh, in different forms until eventually I came to America. Um, at the age of 25, and um, I had very few possessions. One was a clock radio, and I listened to classical music that came on at 7 a.m. and woke me up. But on Sunday, it turned to Christian radio, run by students at Dartmouth College, hmm. who had been asking to run the radio, and they were given from 2 to 4 in the morning, and as they were faithful, they were allowed to go until five and then six. And by the time I was listening, they were going all the way up till nearly 10, 10 a.m. So I would be listening to this Christian radio and just amazed at the sweetness, the excitement of people talking about what they were doing. And eventually I started going back to Catholic Church. And again, I got disappointed out there because I found no friends. I found nobody even interested in talking to me. Mm. And uh, then months later, I met people from the church that ran the radio station, and I was willing to go and visit this meeting, which is what they called it. And uh, so for the next three months, I got um, welcomed into this church and welcomed into the family. 
I w- I'd been only in the country for a year and a half. And uh, when you come into a new country and you don't know anybody, you first you make friends with whoever you make friends with. And then eventually you make friends with the people who really care about you. And uh, they did. And they encouraged me to read the Bible, to understand some of the questions I was asking. And then um, eventually the the work that I was doing as a wind turbine engineer uh, which was all which was my whole life until then um, it I was uh, responsible for a new wind turbine that was developed and um, one day it came crashing down yeah. and uh, that that took me to the point where I could lose my job, I could lose my visa, therefore I would lose my land and my house. And this was three years roughly since when I left India. So in one way, I was super successful. In another way, I could see everything evaporating. Everything I had built until then mm-hmm. could evaporate. And I was right at that point. I was right at that point when I was confronted, are you going to follow Jesus? And I said, yeah. Yeah. Because I've I've gone up and down and up and down, but now I'm ready to say, yes, I'm going to follow you because everything that I've tried hasn't worked. And um, so from that day, I have followed Jesus and I identified with the Apostle Paul. I have done everything against you, but now Mm. I'm all in for you. So you'd already gotten your job. You'd already been, you, you'd already gotten out of school. Had you started your company yet, TurboCam No. So that was uh, 1980. Okay. I started TurboCam in 85. Okay. So at what point in time in your life did you make that connection between this new faith you had in Jesus and uh, your work that you were called to do? Because God clearly gave you a gift. You got a brilliant mind. At what point in time did you, you put those two things together? Well, so shortly after Susie and I got married in uh, in August of uh, 81 we got uh, th- there was an uh, there was an ask in the in the church is there anybody out here who can teach budgeting so we said yeah we can teach budgeting and we immediately got connected to some of the poorest families in the church and after spending a lot of time working with them and their budgets and trying to see what they could do, what they couldn't do, finally I got to the conclusion, we've got to help these guys make money. We've got right. to find ways to start businesses. So our first uh, was putting a bunch of people together to cut firewood. Another was um, contracting uh, to paint a house and hiring a bunch of people from our church to be the painting crew. And eventually, I myself was out of work and feeling like I'm an aero engineer. I can do better than this. There's nothing out here that I can really do. And after sending 178 letters around the country looking for a job and getting nowhere, took a day to pray and fast and ask God to give me a job. The next week, I had my first job, entry-level CAD CAM software developer. Wow. Very cool. So... Uh, from now along the along the way, we had been brainstorming, and even while we were in the uh, in in this while while I was in this job down in Massachusetts, we were asking the question: How do we create businesses? How do we support missions? How do we support church plants? And uh, brainstorming a lot, and um, 
So it was roughly it was roughly two years after I had started this CAD CAM job that my last contract in Massachusetts ended, and um, on Monday I finished my job. The next day I had a, a, a ceremony to become a U.S. citizen, hmm, and then cool. two days later, let's hit the the pavement looking for work. Hmm. So this idea for TurboCam International, wh where did that come from? Well, within within a fairly short period of time, within really weeks, I got a contract to program an impeller, a turbocharger impeller. And I was given the software that had been developed for the space shuttle main engines. And it was very sophisticated software. Nobody really knew how to use it. And they gave me the software and they gave me the spot to make. And I bid it for one month's pay and um, didn't realize how tough it was. Mm. Um, and I started banging at it. It was nearly three months later when I hadn't made any progress that um, folks in our church started praying for me that God would show me how to solve this problem. Fast forward about two or three days. I was sitting at a desk in my basement, which I had built, and I had only one thing on that desk, and that was my Bible, because I'm easily distracted. <laughs> so uh, sitting at that desk, God just showed me how to do this. And by that was a Monday morning. By Thursday, I had figured it out, and I had the programs working. Wow. So and I we knew. come back the rest of that story as Marion and Susie share how the Lord taken, took those ideas, that knowledge, that wisdom, and turn it into an international business that touches the lives of families across the globe, all the while supporting ministries across the globe as well. Marion, you were telling the story about how the Lord gave you a job that you bid for a month, and at month three, you still haven't solved the problem yet, but it had to do with a turbocharger for the space shuttle project. But God gave you the answer. How did all that lead to TurboCam International? From making that first part, that was a turbocharger using the space shuttle technology. Mm. Okay. From there, I got. From there, I got a contract with General Motors to make similar shaped parts for torque converters for uh, for uh, automatic transmissions. Cool. And that really launched the company. And uh, at this point, we have two little ones mm -hmm. at home, and Susie's answering the phones uh, when customers are calling. Mm -hmm. um, still, it, in fact, we were, uh, Susie was pregnant with our third at the time when I was launching the company, trying to raise this money $160,000 for my first machine, but our net worth must have been about four or $5,000. Mm. So, but now we fast forward a number of years, you know, 20 plus years. The Lord has taken your company, TurboCam International, and you guys recognize that it was a gift from him. And you guys have been feeding into the employees. How many employees do you have in New Hampshire? 550. Okay. So it's no small little business, even in New Hampshire. Which part of New Hampshire are you guys in? Seacoast area. Okay, so you got 550 people there in New Hampshire, but you've got employees around the world now. Talk about what, what's, what, what cities you guys got employees around, or what 
countries are they in around the world? Um, in Goa, India, we have about 200. In Romania, a bit over 100. England is somewhere 40 to 50. And then we have small sales offices as well in other locations. Wow. Susie, last uh, March, you were telling us about the foundational side, the, don't, the, uh, the, the gifting side of TurboCam, where you are in charge of really helping take some of the profits and spread them out of new ministry work. Talk about the, your role with that. Um, officially, I'm the director of charitable giving, which means as director, I have actually a team of people, and we also want to engage all the employees in the joy of generosity. Um, so one of the most significant um, areas that we have our giving is based in the cafeteria where we have a wide range of beverages and meals and snacks. Um, and instead of repaying us for the purchase of all these at cost, employees have a bank of 10 different charities to contribute to. Um, and some of them are local, like the homeless shelter and food pantries. And some are overseas, not just where we're engaged, like in Nepal, but also Haiti, where a number of employees have been involved in ministries. And then the most special one is a rotating charity of the month that any employee who's personally involved in a charity or ministry can nominate that. Uh, for a charity of the month, and they make a five-minute presentation in front of all the rest of the employees at our monthly luncheon, and that always, by far, gets the largest number of contributions, and that way all the employees engage with where another employee has a passion to serve. Mm. Um, and how do you see that affecting the culture in your office? Um, in a very big way that other people love that aspect mm -hmm. of their work isn't just for self, but it's something to build the community around us. And it's also based on trust because we don't have a cashier who watches and takes your money. It's totally on the trust system. All the food is out there and we have a change machine uh, for employees to use and it's on th three shifts. There's no you know, surveillance to make sure people are paying. Um, and it's on the trust that they will put their money to give. Marion, you've grown this company to a thousand employees in countries around the globe. What is your specialty for TurboCam today? What what is it? What is your when if somebody's listening to going? Well, I want to do business with Marion and Susie up there in New Hampshire. What does TurboCam specialize in? Aircraft engine parts, blades, things that go round and round and make a lot of noise. <laughs> Turbochargers. People will say that I'm one of those things, too. Okay. <laughs> you go round and round and make a lot of noise. That's true. Uh, rocket but you engines. can't be reproduced. God wouldn't even be. He's trying to talk. I know. <laughs> that was too fun. Yeah, we make the, we made the bladed parts of rocket engines, aircraft engines, turbochargers. Those are the big three segments. Also steam and gas turbines. Um, and a number of other smaller products. But there's a number of... Uh, very innovative new developments that we're always touching. Wow, very, very cool. Okay. At what point in time did FCCI invade your work world? I actually heard about um, FCCI in 1986 when I was just starting out. Wow. Okay. And, uh, but I couldn't, afford, I couldn't afford the dues, so I said, I can't do this thing. And uh, finally, in 1994 or 1993, I said, we're going to write a mission. Now, by now, I'm getting the FCCI bulletin, and I was reading about a mission. You need to have a mission. So I wrote a mission in 93. And then we, c we came to our first FCCI conference in 94, 
and I got challenged on the mission, and then I rewrote it, and that's what it's been since then. And it has really enabled us to define who we are, what we're going to do, and how we will know that we're being successful. So now it says TurboCam exists to honor God, to create wealth for our employees, and to support Christian service to God and to people. Are you guys being successful at that? I believe we are. You know what's interesting for a lot of people, it doesn't include anything about actually the the turbine or the you know any of that. So things that go round and round sentence. that make a lot of noise. <laughs> <That's what I'm laughs> yeah, I know. I love it. Well, okay. So if I were to go up and, and uh, survey some of your employees in any one of the countries, how, what are they going to say? How are they going to say that? Y- the faith of Marion and Susie Nerona is impacting them on a daily basis. How are they going to say your faith is impacting their work? Mm. <laughs> Marian, They're looking at Marian each other. Susie on that. This is radio. You can't do that old, you know, dead face thing. Well, I think one of the things is, I mean, we have a mix of Christians and non-Christians. Of course you Clearly, do. we're getting people who are good at what they do, or we train to be good at what they do. And even if they might not be... Um, align missionally, they say, I'm not sure about all this Christian stuff, but we love what they do. Mm. And hopefully, you know, we ask them to keep us accountable to our mission. So hopefully we do live up uh, to what we say we believe. And if not, that we will be called out on it to become better. So if we've got rocket scientists today listening to the show today, and they're going, I've always wanted to work for a Christ-centered rocket scientist kind of an engineering firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you get people searching you out from around the country? Because, you know, their other choices are Silicon Valley and maybe Cape Canaveral. But we do, especially with uh, college graduates. Uh, we have from Arkansas, some, someone just joined us this summer from Phoenix. And we have, we interview in colleges in Ohio. Mm-hmm. So we do have a nice cross-section of people who are asking the question, how do I serve God? Do I have to be a missionary? Do I have to be a pastor? But I'm an engineer, and I'm wired to be an engineer. And I say, good, I need people like you. If nothing else, I want to show you how you can be like. You can be all that God wants you Mm -hmm. to be as both a Christian and an engineer in the workforce. And so we, we actually like kids to come after their junior year and intern with us for the summer. And then we're also recruiting from, um, from around the country. Mm. How did M- FCCI impact how you run your company for the last 25 years? How big of an impact has FCCI made? Huge. Uh, as we looked at uh, the mission, um, someone said to me, now our initial mission as I wrote it was TurboCam exists to create wealth for its employees and to support Christians, noun, in their service to God and to people. And someone said to me, you can do that and step all over people. And I realized that our goal needed to be to put God first. Mm. And so it changed from noun to adjective, to support Christian service to God and to people. And I can have anyone working for me who can join me and say, yes, I sign up to this mission and I'm going to be part of what you're doing. How big of a difference, uh, Susie, did FCCI involvement make in your marriage as you guys learned to live out your faith, your work, run a business together, and have all these employees and still raise three kids? 
Um, well, for me, it was wonderful that Marion would have a support system of people to encourage him, people who um, he could look to who'd gone ahead of him and done things far beyond what he did to give him counsel and encouragement, um, and that we weren't really out on our own because uh, married to someone like Marion, there aren't many other people like him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt a little bit like I'm so glad that there are other people might be in a different part of the country or different part of the world, but they get him and they can be wise counselors to him. And that took a lot of burden off of me. Um, and I could support him in other ways without having expertise in the business so or as a business you person. You definitely recommend it then for somebody listening today. Oh, absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Perfect. Marion and Susie, we're out of time, but we're so grateful for you guys just sharing a little of your story. We look forward to seeing you in New Hampshire on one of our upcoming road trips. Thank you for being on I Work For Him today. Thank you. Thank you, Jim and Martha. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.